What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned into the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Sports Grind. All right. 877-37-GRIND, your number. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Again, your number is 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Uh, as always, we just ask you call during the segment breaks, and we ask you, too, to be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to to reach out to me or follow me uh, via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And also, um, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments during the show, during the broadcast, I'll respond to them on air in real time. And if I don't, um, you know, I'll respond to those later. And also, if you ever miss any of the episodes live, you're traveling or just forgot, you can always go to SportsGrindOnline.com and you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. Eight seven seven three seven grind. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. Let's get it. It is Wednesday. All right, as it continues to roll on Hump Day. Of course, you know we've got NBA playoff heavy intensive talk on this show. Of course, the big story with Draymond, which we'll start there here shortly. Okay, but we do have other things developing in the sports world as well. Of course, we're only we're pretty much a week and a day away uh, from the NFL draft. Uh, so it's really going to pick up with more with the uh, you know trade rumors, um, you know things like that. I'm hearing today. You know I didn't have it on the docket. wasn't going to talk about it, but you know I saw a while ago that uh, Trey uh, Trey Young, not Trey Young. I will get to him. My bad. Trey Lands. He's going to. He supposedly the 49ers have uh, received quite a few calls uh, about him. And from everything I can hear, most likely, just logically, uh, they would be open to hearing it. The only the only thing that is going to really probably have them hesitation is really how what depends on the rehab of Brock Purdy. But I think Brock Purdy going to the NFC Championship game, coming off the bench. Um, I know what John Lynch said a few weeks ago. Well, actually, about a month or two ago. But the reality of it is, if you know that Brock Purdy, which we don't know that yet, is going to make 100% recovery, though, you pretty much want to go ahead and listen to calls for Trey. And I knew there would probably be some calls for Trey. Hell, I'd want to take Trey for a team I've got interest in. I'd take Trey. Be the perfect person to sit right behind a couple years, get to develop, eventually get on the field, could be possibly next year. I would basically be calling about Trey. So that's circulating. So the closer we get to the draft, the more that you're going to start hearing rumors and stuff like that, which we'll get to some other things. We've got some uh, crazy developments, whether I believe it or not. But, you know, Joe Mixon, he's back in the news, of, you know, Bengals, you know, according to reports, you know, if they if Joe doesn't take a cut. Now, keep in mind, he's got this legal issue going on. Now he's really facing charges. But reports have it if he doesn't take a pay cut. They're going to outright release him or cut him. And I'm going to tell you that's bull crap. I don't believe that. I, be, I mean, I believe it's out there. I believe that they put it out there. But when push comes to shove, you're going to probably want to try to get something for Joe Mixon. Now, 
if they know, depending on if there's other information that hasn't come out about this charge he's facing, then, you know, maybe it's a situation be like, hey, man, we'll outright release you because we know ain't nobody going to touch you. But if we're just talking about the information we know now is that uh, I think it was like a it was like a misdemeanor assault charge. Right. Or something. I think he waved a gun or something like that um, or told or told somebody that he would shoot. him. I don't know. But anyway, um, pretty much. You know, because first they weren't going to press charges. Then, the you know, the district, the D.A. down there say, hey, well, we're not. This ain't enough evidence to do. You got to do more. Basically tell them you got to do more investigation. So they went back a whole nother month. They did investigation. They come back. OK, we got enough to go ahead and charge them with this. Aggravated, you know, aggravated yeah. menacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, look, that's not enough to keep a team away from Joe Mixon. And that's why I just don't believe Cincinnati would just give him away for nothing. I mean, I think somebody would offer a six-round pick, fifth-round pick for Joe Mixon at worst, you know, and I think that would be a steal because really I think Joe, with the running backs and what his capability of catching the ball out of the back of the backfield and then pretty much his hands. See, I'm big on that with running, but can you catch that? In this day and time, I've said this, I, I did this take about five years ago or six years ago. Well, hell no, nah, it was longer than that. It was like about seven years ago I said, you know what? The running back, if you were coming out of college and you're going to play in the NFL, and it was even more, it was less back then than it is even more important now. I said, you have to have a running back who is going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. You got to. You got to have a court. And if you see now in college, individual in college, and it starts in, you know, seven on seven, it starts in college. Most of these running backs are coming out athletic enough because of these offenses catching the ball out of the backfield. So if you can't do that, you, you pretty much you ain't going to get on the field. Now, to me, Joe Mixon has that, and he still has that breakaway speed. So to me, I don't, I don't really see them – just be if they can't come to contract agreements, and I think this has to do because of these charges and this pending, so they feel like they've got some leverage. But I don't see them outright just releasing him. Well, you still have to talk a team into taking that salary too. So even if it's a sixth, you know, and you, and again the pending charges. Um, but when you look at who is available, and we've already talked before too, and two names or three names worth mentioning, um, two of which definitely provide what you think you know. It, you need and and I agree that you need it in the backfield with soft hands. Austin Eckler is still available uh, via trade. Um, Kareem Hunt is still available via free agency, and Zeke Elliott now is available, still available. Well, I think everybody via, via free agency. Zeke's hands don't match Eckler and Hunt. Every 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 guy you just named on that list, the only guy that's going to probably be possibly cheaper then Joe Mixon is probably Elliott because the rep that he has right now, people think he's done. People think he's kind of too much tread on the tires. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler, you, you're going to pay more than what you're paying for Joe Mixon. I mean, Austin Eckler, now, I'm not telling you, to me, if I had to choose, I'm probably going to choose Joe Mixon. Austin Eckler, to me, has been a, you know, I don't want to disrespect the man and say he's a product of whatever system they ran in the Chargers, but I just feel I got to see him do that outside that uniform in a different system, especially when you've got a Keenan Allen, you got, you know, you know what they've had, Keenan Allen, um, other receiver over there. Williams. Uh, Williams. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, Joe Mixon, that's a guy with his size that he's right at that right size that can run through the tackles. I mean, hell, Eckler can do too, but Eckler going to cost you more money because of the production. He's got that production. He doesn't have no off-the-field troubles. Joe Mixon came out of Norman, Oklahoma, basically putting his hands on a young female video. His stock dropped tremendously. 
and really they've had him on a zero tolerance up there and he's been kind of out of the nude for the most part but to me definitely they leaked this and definitely it's out there because they they think they have leverage but I do not buy for one second and if they do it I'll be like hey I was wrong and then we'll see that maybe there's other extra charges or more serious but they ain't just gonna outright release Joe Mixon for nothing and not a team that's sitting there trying to get to the Super back to the Super Bowl no I can I guarantee you Joe Cool Joe Cool wouldn't like that. Joe Cool would have a problem with that. They just ain't going to outright release him. That's why when I said that, I say, hey, man, I do believe that they leaked, but I, I have to see it to believe it. But anyway, we'll get some other NFL news. Hockey playoffs continue to move a roll on. Last night, I can just say the Road Warriors. Pretty much all hockey games last night, road wins. And, you know, I know Dante is our hockey expert, okay, I mean, you won't find anywhere else in the probably the country of this radio, in, in this industry, you're going to have, a first of all, a brother talking hockey as much as I do in the playoff and then have one of the callers that's a that's an expert, one of the fans, and he's a brother, too, talking hockey. Yeah, what's the odds on that? You got a better chance to win the uh, Powerball tonight. But anyway, one of the things I didn't fail to mention, because I've got a lot of stuff going on in this playoffs, them cracking. Hey, look, man, I've seen them play for the most part. They've made playoffs for the first time. Um, they can play defense. They can score well. Um, I like their I like their penalty kills. Uh, you know, in regards when they do get in the penalty, they're hard to score. They took game one in Colorado last night. That's going to be an interesting series, in my opinion. Uh, but, you know, they were on the road last night. They got a win. This is back-to-back -back years that we're seeing the Maple Leafs and the Lightning. And it was an electric atmosphere last night in regards to the fans out there in Canada. But, you know, Tampa Bay is just – I mean, that's a juggernaut when it comes to the NHL. They're on a nice little run here. But they were able to go on and steal home ice advantage. So they take a 1-0 lead uh, in general. Uh, you have them that got their win on the road. Um, and then also – you had the Vegas Knights falling at home. 3-1. You know, they find themselves in the hole. 5-1. Well, it was 5-1. Okay, I tuned out when it was 3-1. I thought that was just 5-1. It got ugly. Probably got a couple empty nets. Man, them empty nets. And, you know, for y'all that pay attention to that stuff, that puck line might get smoked low, man. You got to stay away from because, you know, it's one of those deals that, you know, the people that I talk to that's in that industry that do that stuff, I only know about it. It's not like I do it or anything. But, you know, the, one of those deals, puck line, you think like, yeah, man, plus one. And then when they pull that goalie and it's about to, and it's always depends on the situation of the game. Because it just depends. You know, you got somebody to serve. You got to see if you get the puck on the line. But sometimes if they're down by two goals, they're pulling goalies for like three minutes. Or if it's one, if it's 2-1, and it's like, yeah, man, I'm good to go. It's like a minute. It's like two minutes. And then they pull the goal in. No, empty net, 3-1. Tear up the ticket. Thank you for coming. But um, anyway, so hockey's up and going, man. That's a, you know, even if you're a passerby, there's hockey that I know people, oh, man, I ain't care about that. Playoff, it's intense. And I've been mean, saying that's a, that's a physical, physical sport. So you got hockey up and going, continue to go. And also baseball, we had a little bit of history last night. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, all right, got win 200. He's entered the 200 club. Hats off to Clayton Kershaw. You know, to me and Clayton's legacy, it's kind of been about, you know, hey, you can never get over the hump and win the big one. You can never win the World Series. You know, it was all the years of Dodgers. They finally got it done a few years back. And of late, these last few years, has really been about his health. You know, it's been hard for him to stay healthy. But definitely, he's going to be first-time ballot. But the 200 club, and it got me thinking, the guys that were active, who could be joining him 
soon, if I'm not mistaken. I believe one of the guys that's probably realistically coming in, you know, here soon, because I think he's only five away, and that's Wainwright uh, for the Cardinals. Fat check me on that. But I think he's five wins away from joining 200. So we could pretty much see two guys this year in baseball uh, enter the 200 club. So hats off. Uh, to Clayton Kershaw. You got Dave. What, do you want to add something to that? What's well, you know? yeah. I mean, the, the Kershaw achievement gets a little bit more uh, you know, up there, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, more exclusive um, for the fact that uh, he is um, among a small group to not only reach 200 wins, but to reach the mark without having a 100th lost for a 100th loss first. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it, it does saying. get a little bit more interesting when you're like, okay, wow, you're still above 500 at that point. Hmm. Okay. I, I hear you. And, and you have 200 wins. Yeah. That's impressive, man. I mean, you know, you would think a guy like that would probably maybe have a little bit more rings, but I mean, you know, it's not, and really the, the rep with him has really been his performance before he was able to win that world series that year. I mean, his performance uh, it was a head scratcher, man. I mean, because, you know, Clayton would be in Cy Young contentions, win the Cy Young, be in there, get in the postseason, and just have that horrible game, just have that meltdown continuously after another. And then finally he got, you know, kind of exercised some postseason demons. So, yeah, I'm, I've never had a dislike against him or anything like that. I mean, I haven't been a huge fan of Clayton Kershaw, but, I mean, you know, He's one of the best to ever do it. What do you got? Uh, for your other question about the leaderboard, is where we stand, uh, mm. pitchers and you know, kind of approaching, you are correct. Wayne, uh, Adam Wainwright, 41 years old. Mm. Um, he's sitting there Man, at 190. Still in the league. At 195. Uh, Cole Hamels, uh, not too far. Well, he's 30 wins or 40 wins away. Uh, so you're looking at, what, three really good seasons? Of, yeah, but Cole's know, not in, Cole is not still in the league, is he? I don't think Cole Hamels is still in. Is active? Correct it's, me if I'm wrong. I'm, I am looking at okay. active pitchers. Okay, I didn't even know. Uh, baseball Reference. Now, I will say, I will put the put an asterisk on this. Baseball Reference was the one that we had to correct the other day. Wow. With the uh, and they actually corrected the email you sent to them. They responded. Did they, they correct they, the mistake? They, they did correct the mistake. Wow, yeah. Karen. Wow. I mean, come I on, am man. helping. I, I am need... helping the the record of sport, Cal. I don't even like sending emails when it has to do with money, man. Let alone. Just gonna take my time. I'm like, hey man, you spelt that right. You got that inaccurate. Like, okay, but I, I get you though. Props to you. I mean, that's that's attention to detail. There's nothing wrong. You're on the team for a reason. But anyway, no props to Clayton Kershaw. So you got that going on. Um, really interesting. You know, it's been it's been a while since I've been interested about a fight coming up. And I mean, this ain't one of those. And really, the only reason why it's not that I have a lot of respect for Ryan Garcia because I really don't. Because he hasn't fought anybody. But I think the reason why I'm really waiting to see, and this will probably be the first time that I pay for pay-per-view in a long time for a fight. Probably going back to since Mayweather's. And I don't even think I paid for the last couple of Mayweather fights. But it's just I want to see really what this kid's about, man. Because I feel, you know, I posed the question yesterday. We didn't really get to it because I was like, who's, you know, Who's who is this more important for, Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis? And and I know Jonas. We talked a little bit about off air. Jonas broke it down. I'm saying it's really Ryan Garcia, man, because I understand that you know Jonas and and I respect Jonas's boxing knowledge because he he writes for the sport. He you know he covers it. He stays on top of it more than me. But my opinion and why I say that is because if, if there's a lot of people that feel like I do about Ryan Garcia, so if he goes out Saturday and lays an egg. And gets beat down and gets embarrassed. 
do, like the way he's marketed himself and the way you know through that his his it's gonna take now we've seen boxers get losses and bounce back from whatever but his status is really gonna go down a little bit if tank loses this fight it'll be like okay you know what this and this do the rematch to go but you had reasons why you felt that it was you know pretty much important for more than uh ryan garcia i mean tank davis than ryan garcia but we'll, we'll save it for friday we'll save it for friday because right now it is nba playoffs and definitely a lot to get to definitely a lot to get to i want to get to the action uh last night you know but i will start with the news that everybody's talking about is the suspension with draymond green we kind of touched on it yesterday's show if you didn't listen you can go download the podcast at sportsgroundonline.com but we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky studios today's show is being Presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. 87737 Grind. You listen to the sports grind. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. All right, today's show is being presented by Doseki Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. All right, 87737 Grind. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. There's nothing like the arrival of spring and the accompanying smell of fresh cut prices in the air at Specs. Nobody does wine like Specs with a Texas size selection of world class wines and lower prices. You'll find the perfect zine for spring at Specs. Specs, official sponsor of the Sports grind and an official partner of the dallas cowboys eight seven seven three seven grind all right so we'll circle back to the nfl uh we'll touch on again a little bit of the uh, hockey situation but let's start in the nba and i want to and i hate to do this just because i don't want to take away from really the games last night which we'll get to those because i like to touch on here and there uh on the games um as much as i can but uh draymond green 
the suspension came down pretty much started circulating late last night or like before that uh, Phoenix Suns and um, Clippers game ended and the league had made a decision to go ahead and suspend him for one game. Now, do you have because I'm going to tell you what the problem I have, but go ahead and read the uh, do you have the uh, official league statement? Yeah, last night uh, from NBA Communications, Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green has been suspended one game without pay for stepping on the chest of Sacramento Kings center, DeMontis Sabonis. It was announced today by Joe Dumar, executive vice president and head of basketball operations. The suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. Green's actions were in response to Sabonis grabbing and holding Green's right ankle after falling to the floor. Green received a flagrant two, uh, flagrant foul two, and was ejected, and Sabonis was assessed a technical foul. Um, Green will serve his suspension April 20th when the Warriors host the Kings for Game 3 of the series at Chase Center. Um, the problem I have with this is what Jonas just read, the league statement. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, and that's why I asked Jonas the question in regards to, hey, you know, what do you think? Do you think you get suspended? And, you know, props to Jonas. I mean, he kind of called in and broke down like, well, if he is, it would have to be probably for the activity leaving the court, grabbing the, grabbing the crotch, the the birds to the, to the fans and going back and forth and waving the ears. And what I, we didn't even know up until, which I didn't realize it till yesterday or yesterday evening, that the commissioner was definitely in attendance at that game in Sacramento. So the problem I have is that even though we know in regards to there's prior history that sticks in the heads of fans, um, media people, and most importantly, officials and the league. But the one thing that I have a problem with is when you release a statement and you use verbiage like saying that, well, he has a prior history and because of his history. And to me, though, even if you're going to do it and that's just what it is, why sit there and say that when it just to me, in my opinion, feeds into, well, man, they've got it in for certain guys. They've got it this and this, because if you really want to be technical about it is that if there's anybody besides Draymond Green, due to the fact Okay, now if Sabonis just finds himself on the ground going for a loose ball or falls or falls trying to grab a rebound and they tangle and Draymond gets up and so he just stumps in the chest like that, yeah. And he's probably going to get more than one, even multiple gains. The problem I have with it is the fact that even though he didn't have to try to come down with force or get that extra step, like you're trying to step up on something to get up to something, you know, the reality of it is Sabonis grabbed his leg. And so to me, it's one of those because of that, it could have just been a fine in regards to not a suspension. But I get why they did it. I've got a problem with them putting it out there like, oh, his past. Because if that's the case, okay, what about? And, you know, even when I was, I was going to tweet this last time, it was too late. I was like, ah, I'll talk about it because I don't even like tweeting half the time unless I really want to say something. But the reality of it is this. You know, you have to you have to look at it to where. What really is to me, it's like, OK, what about the other times that he didn't he's, he's been OK? Because, you know, I heard J.J. Reddick allude to this, which was basically what I was thinking anyway, was the fact that like, hey, man, you know, we're, we're talking about a few instances. We know about the LeBron situation. We know about the swing at the package. And then last year, a time in Memphis, we know kind of about that. 
Um, hell, even if you want to think about it, I'm surprised nobody's brought this up today, but if you really think about the activity back and forth with the Boston Celtics crowd, you know, in that whole series that was just, you know, last in the finals. So, look, it is what it is. You know, Adam Silver has really had, in my opinion, uh, a – uh, quite a few things on his plate, some tough decisions that he's had to make, which I haven't been a big fan of really him being a little bit too soft on these guys. And I'm not trying to come after brothers for their money and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of it's been verbiage that, you know, certain players, you know, put out. But to me, you know, now the reports out there is that the Golden State Warriors front office, Steve Kerr, that they're livid, that they're upset in regards to this ruling and kind of basically taken off guard. Um, and, and to me, even though we talked about the other side of this whole situation yesterday, when we were talking about, Hey man, you know, this act might be kind of wearing thin on golden state. It might be wearing thin on Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, whatever. And I, and, and I've been saying all year, man, after the Jordan pool that I will bet, even if they want a title, even if they go back to back, there is a chance that Draymond is not going to continue with the warriors. So to me though, <clears throat> I will tell you, if that is true, that they really feel like, hey, man, this is messed up. You know, it's always something. They try to take a ring away from us against Cleveland. They this uh, You'll be able to tell them they play. Now, they're automatically a different team at home than they are on the road. They, everybody can see that. That's, that's not me educating anybody on anything. That's obvious. But what I mean is, like, you'll see with the style and the edge and the aggression and how long they maintain that through game three, game four, and then going back to Sacramento if they're really pissed. Because sometimes when you are in the middle of a dynasty run and it's years and years and you know, like, hey, man, there's really only one team, two teams that could probably beat us. So we, you have to look for anything to get motivated to basically get over that hump to get that eye of the tiger that basically, you know, smelling blood in the water type of feeling. And you'll use anything to go ahead and sit there and say, oh, you know what? That's just the deal because their belly's full. They've got four rings. I mean, it is what it is. So to me, if this is really disturbed the organization or they take the mentality, because I will tell you, there is definitely all teams, East Eastern Conference, all these teams that are in the playoffs right now to a certain extent have some type of chip on the show. The CIA, man, you know, they don't think we can get whatever. There's only one team, in my opinion, that's coming into this playoffs, Eastern Conference or Western Conference, that really, really, really has a chip on their shoulder, and it's us against the world, and screw y'all because nobody's giving us credit, and that's that team in Maha City in the Denver Nuggets. Now, this particular incident could pretty much spring Golden State to become that second team that has like, hey, you know what, man, they screwed us out of that other ring, it gets good, let's go. Because they do need the, I mean, first of all, they're challenged this year anyway because they're just not as deep as they even were last year. They've in and out of lineups. They've had to do trades to get GP3. There's been a lot going on to where there is a reason why they're in this spot as a sixth seed, and there is a reason why they continue to struggle on the road. Now, to me, I think because I watch a lot, of course, over the years, I watch a lot of Golden State basketball. The, through these two games, even the, these two games in Sacramento, this is some of the best basketball they played on the road all year. You know, there was a stretch right there, you know, where they basically got tired of hearing about it. They lost four in a row on the road, seven, eight, nine games in a row. And finally they said, screw it. If the media started talking about it, they went in and run off like two or three. So to me, out of 41 games in a regular season on the road, you got 41 at home, 41 on the road. Those two games they played has been some of their best basketball on the road. Now, does that mean that it's good enough to beat Sacramento on a four out of seven? Maybe not. I mean, they were the betting favorite in the desert. I don't think, you know, you'd have to live in California in Sacramento and the cities that are state of California if you really basically not with your, with your heart or pick Sacramento to win this series. 
Okay. Now, of course, I know we talked about there's somebody out there that laid out 100K, 100 racks at 700 to 1. Man, can you imagine? I mean, you're up 2-0 right now at the Warriors because this is the way I look at it. Okay. I was kind of wrong about the Bengals last year in regards to the, the well, first of all, not last year, the year before. When I said, hey, man, they just got in the playoffs, you know, go to this, whatever. Could be wrong on this one, but the way I look at it is if Sacramento get, does knock out Golden State, the defending champs, even if they don't win, the, the sky's the limit to come out even out the West because now you're just gaining more confidence. You're just gaining more confidence. 701, 10.5 mil. The question is, though, when you listen to that and you're like, damn, man, that's seven of band. Can you imagine if that, you know what I tell you? Do you have the cojones of the apple sacks to even put down 100 racks and wait on a future? Probably not. So that's the way, you know, people are, oh, man, can you imagine? You don't look at the other thing, man, it's 100,000. Do you got the, do you, even if you got that money, that kind of money, do, do you have the cojones to put down 100 racks? You know, you gotta have a stomach for that stuff, man. Not many people can handle that. You got to have a stomach for that. But the bottom line, whoever's holding that ticket, and somebody got it at 250 to 1, it's on the watch if they end up pulling the series off. But look, man, I think still it's going to be challenging because they are a different team without Draymond, man. They are. I know, you know, we've had people yesterday on social, oh, he's a fake thug, he's this, he's that, get rid of him. Look, man, I don't know if they've got four titles without Draymond Green. I don't care if Steph is the best shooter of all time, Clay Thompson pre-injury, you know, before injured, they needed Draymond Green, and they, till this day, they still are a different team. Now, with that said, they're capable of tying this series. They're capable of getting back in this series. He'll be back for game four, but they're capable of winning game three without Draymond. But it, it's going to make it tougher because Sacramento is just a deep – I mean, Sacramento is deeper than them right now. You know, there is the and I think that if you look at being down 2-0 – and coming back against a team that everybody can see that is, yeah, they're young, they're inexperienced, but they're, they keep their poise. They're well coached by a veteran guy like Mike Brown that's been around the block. At the end of the day, you know, if you look at all the evidence, wow, for it's Golden State to come back and win this series, it's going to be because maybe they've got one of the baddest mans on the planet and number 30. And Steph and his, and his other running mate, Clay Thompson, who's looked more of himself this year, not all the way ever going to be back, but he's definitely, this has been his best year since he's been back. It's going to take some some effort from them too because it's not really going to be, and somebody have to step up. It's not going to be really about the, you know, so much of the depth team because at the end of the day through two games, even though these games I think have been competitive for the exception of really, you know, because to me game two was even more of a blowout, even though it wasn't a blowout, felt like that than it was game one. You know, game one, I felt Golden State gave that game away. And it could bite. If they lose this series, that game one, to me, I'll be talking more than that than the Draymond suspension. I mean, if they if they going to lose this game, it's not going to oh, man, well, because Draymond got suspended in game two. No, it's going to be because they gave that. That was a game in game one that they control most of this game until the fourth quarter. And if you look at the situation on the road, they've got too many turnovers. It'll be turnovers, and really you look at that last play. Just, and that's why between winning and even a championship organization, it's a thin line, man, because that Clay Thompson play at the end of that game, instead of kicking it out and making that decision, I don't care what he did last year in the playoffs. I don't care if Wiggins has come through y'all before. The guy ain't played since November, two, over two months. You cannot pretty much go ahead. You go to the basket. You are Clay Thompson. You ain't no guy off the bench, man. You're going to go down as one of the best shooters, too, of all time. Go to the rack, and you're going to get fouled. And at worst-case scenario, Clay Thompson ain't missing both those free throws. We're going to overtime. Most likely they won, and this game would be now to be different going 1-1 back 
to the Bay without Draymond and down 0-2. But that's how I feel about it. That's just what it is. We'll see how they play. If they're really pissed off about it, because it's either two ways. Either they're pissed off and irritated with Draymond's actions internally, and they just can't say it now because, they, like Steve Kerr said, they're still in the fight. They're in the fight. Or they're really sitting like, you know what, man? We know we ain't down with everything he does. We know that he hit one of our own brothers and basically Jordan Poole, but you know what? It's wrong for that. The league got something for him. They're going to go out and ball. We'll see. It just adds more intrigue to this series. It really does, if you really think about it. But it's the league getting involved again. I mean, you can go through some playoffs, man, where a lot of people say, there goes the league. It, to me, and I'll end on this note so we can get to the action last night, you got there has to be more done to get suspended for a playoff game. You got to do something more egregious than that. To get the, like this is the playoffs. Like this, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you got a lot on the line. You got people that are want like people pay to see the best teams. That if it's just like human nature and God's will, and we're talking about injury, a la Paul, Paul George, a la a lot of this stuff. You know, that just happens. But to sit there in this day and time, and and, and you know, and where we're at to kind of get suspended, find them all you want to. But to get suspended for something like it has to be a little bit more. And that's why it has just the reputation to it, because it leaves out too much like, well, this would happen. Or what if this, you know, and I know we're in different times and it's different rules, different times. But you still this is the same logo and it's the same league. And Adam Silver was involved in this league at a time where, look, man, that would have been pretty much hey, play on technical foul and come on. I mean, I ain't trying to go all Bill on, you know, I ain't trying to go Kurt Rambis, you know, clothesline, you know, by, you know, you know, I ain't trying to go all that. I ain't trying to go Larry Bird, you know, Bill and Bird. But at the end of the day, this is still the playoffs, man. It's still a playoffs, still a playoffs. And, and, and to me, this is going to change how this series is officiated, too. And that's what I don't like either. I mean, hell, it's up and down and consistent as well as it is anyway. And speaking of officiating, because I didn't want to get all in it because I want to get to these games, and I've been trying to get on this soapbox. Well, I've been on this soapbox for a while, but it's glorified now. I mean, in the regular season, because most people pay attention to NBA in passing. Some people pay attention to what's going on. Some people pay the highlights. Some people just don't log as many NBA games as they do. I mean, to be honest with you, even if I like football, even if I didn't do what I do for a living, I'd be what Sunday, Monday, Thursday, I watch football. If it wasn't what I did for a living, I probably wouldn't even be. I'd keep up with the NBA because I always did even before I got in Sports Talk Radio. But I probably wouldn't watch as many games as I do every night. But if you watch, because <laughs> if and, and I've been because I know because that many games I watch. But now what's going to get to the highlights? And it just basically because it's now it's playoffs and everybody's tuned in. And I'll keep saying this: the NBA has the worst replay system. In professional sports. The more hockey I watch, I'm starting to slowly understand how they go. Theirs is better. I mean, there is no reason why a coach should have to decide whether a player is about to pick up his third foul in quarter two before half. Or if it's just a call that's egregious, that basically kills the momentum swinging. There's no way that in any sport or especially in basketball that a coach has to make a decision. Well, it's the first quarter. Do we challenge this early? Because this is only our challenge. They've got to change that. Like, if, like there's one thing. Yes, it, just like NFL, you challenge, you get it wrong, lose a challenge. Period. That's easy. I don't have a problem with that. But if you get it right and the rest were wrong, you should keep that challenge. 
And the only way that I can think the reason why the smartest people in the room when they first came up with this instant replay stuff, people that pay grade way higher than mine, but I could do their job better than they could, though, because I'd have to be in their sense like, look, man, let me tell you something. First of all, you know, I understand probably the reason why they're thinking, because, again, you're worried about we don't want to become baseball. We don't want to gain the ball down. We don't want to have a basketball game that takes two, two and a half hours, turn it into a three and a half hour. Nah, man, that's probably that's really what the only thing I can think of. It has something to do with because that makes no sense because then you don't want people. Well, they get to challenge then too. They're going to challenge again. There can be a cap off. But the bottom line, man, that instant replay system in the NBA is straight up booty juice. Period. Period. So we can move. I mean, that was just a soapbox one to get on, but we can move into the action that took place uh, last night. Um, so the Knicks got things going, trying to get another one go up 2-0 in Quicken Loans Arena. Uh, was unsuccessful. You know, first of all, the Knicks came out, you know, pretty much aggressive. Um, you know, with a young team that hasn't really been in the playoffs and had too much success. And I think the Knicks, you know, they're not young like Sacramento. But they are kind of a, a younger team mixed in with some veterans. Um, pretty much, you know, you would think that they came out pretty much like, hey, we're not satisfied. I mean, we're, you know, we're not satisfied with just taking one. We're going to go ahead and basically take two. But you know what? Darius Garland just said, I'm not tonight. I mean, he just went off. I mean, what do you have, like, third, what do you have, 32? Yeah, he scored 32 points last night. Just went off. And that's crazy. And I guarantee you going forward, I'd hate to be in the film session with, with Tibbs. Because, uh, you know, with Tibbs, you can miss eight shots in a row. Hell, you can go one for 13. But what your ass better not do is basically be that awful on that side of the end, uh, that side of the ball and give somebody up in guard. No disrespect to guard, but 32 points in the playoffs against Knicks. And that way, they're going to have to rectify that. 877-37-GRIND. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spitting the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.